We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Genesis 42:22. Let's read. Uh, before we read, actually, I don't want to do that just yet. Let's get some background so you can be all set up. Um, Joseph was only 17 when his brothers decided to uh, fake his death and sell him into slavery because of the visible favor uh, that was on his life. Joseph's um, was his, his father's favorite son. And even though he was the second youngest, his father gave him a position and a privilege that should have only been given uh, to the firstborn son as a birthright. <clears throat> it was due to this display of favoritism um, that a family history of dysfunction perpetuated itself between uh, Joseph and his brothers to the point where Joseph's brothers decided that they were going to kill him. But in the moment that they decided to kill him, cooler heads prevailed and they settled on just throwing him in a pit, um, faking his death and selling him off into Egypt. It was with uh, tears in his eyes and fear in his voice that Joseph begged his brothers not to sell him. But because of their emotions and their emotions being the boss of them in that moment, they couldn't hear him. And on that day, in the minds of his brothers and in the heart of his father, Joseph died. But for Joseph, life was just beginning. Because from that moment, there would be a series of God-ordained events uh, that would take Joseph from the pit that his brothers threw him in um, to a prison that Miss Potiphar lied him into and then to the palace where God ordained for him to be, where he would become the second in command in all of Egypt. <clears throat> so the text that we're getting ready to read um, picks up as almost like it's a family reunion. Right? It's been after all of that, and, and, and this is where we're going to pick up in Scripture, Genesis 42 and 22. And Reuben answered them, saying, <coughs> Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Let's jump down to 43 and 26. <clears throat> 43 and 26. Shout, you got it when you get there. It should be a, a, a flick of the thumb, people. 43, 26. You got it? And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. Then he asked them about their well-being and said, is your father well, the old man whom you, whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they answered, your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. <clears throat> and they bowed down their heads, excuse me, they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves. Then he lifted 
his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother, so Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he went into his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and he restrained himself and said, serve the bread. Jump down to 45 and 1. You still paying attention? Yes. 45 and 1. <clears throat> Shout you got it. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all who stood by him, and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near him. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Somebody shout amen. amen. In the, the, the narrative that we just read, <clears throat> this is the first time in 22 years that Joseph has seen his brothers. And when I've figured that out and I've kind of did some back study to figure it out, um, one would think that after all of this time, all of the life lived, all of the successes that Joseph had experienced, the feelings that he had 22 years ago would now be gone. Did that not, did that not hit you the way it hit me? Is that, I mean, we've, he've, he's lived so much life. He's seen God's hand upon him. He now has a family. He has children. He's a grown man doing grown man things. And now in this moment, he is allowing himself to feel feelings that he had when he was 17. The text says, and this is, this is just a few of them. I, I didn't want to push you past your scripture limit, and I know I did. But there's more scripture that kind of details the fact that, 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 that when Joseph saw his brothers for the first time, he had to hold back what he felt. And he saw him again, he had to hold back what he felt. He saw him again, he, he held back what he felt. But finally, the text says he could not restrain it any further. And he lost it. He lost it. He, he, he lost it to the point that the people that knew him as the man that he was said, who is this guy? Where's all this emotion coming from? And it, and, it, and it made me think about our position that we oftentimes take. And this is the question I want to ask you. Have, have you mastered the art of ignoring what you feel? Have, 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 you, have, you, have you made yourself not feel what you're feeling? Now, I'm not suggesting to you that you should take on every emotion that you have. I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I'm asking you is, have you allowed yourself not to feel what it is that you're feeling? So that you can feel it and understand it and move on from it. 
How often is it that you put yourself in a position where I'm just not going to feel that? The feeling is there, but I'm not going to allow myself to feel it. I have this, and I think it's a bit strange, and I don't mind sharing this with you because I trust you. You won't tell my business. <clears throat> I have this weird thing that I do with grapes. Um, I love grapes. Anybody like love grapes? <clears throat> I love grapes. Um, it does green, red, whatever, purple, whatever color you call it. Um, I love grapes. But I have this weird thing that I do. Whether you give them to me on a napkin or you put them inside of a cup, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to feel all of them. <laughs> because the last thing I want is for a mushy grape to get inside of my mouth. Listen to me, y'all. Do you allow yourself to feel your emotions so you can figure out if this is one that belongs to me? It's the most disappointing thing in the world to get a grape in your mouth that has no strength. And I blame myself for it because I didn't feel it. Listen to me, y'all. Because I didn't feel it before I put it in my mouth. We have to learn to, to allow ourselves to feel what we are feeling so that we can embrace a moment. I just went on a rant for about 10 minutes about allowing ourselves to feel what is in this moment. So I can grab it, so I can take a hold of it, so I can experience it. And then we have to allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling so we can move on from a moment. I can move on from the disappointment. I can move on from the hurt. I can, I, I can, I can move on from that space that I was in. But if I don't allow myself to feel what I'm feeling and I ignore it, I risk damaging something in my future. It was a, a few weeks ago, I, um, <clears throat> I noticed, I, I felt something different in my car. Now, I've had this car for five years. I bought it brand new. That's my baby. That's my girl. That's my ride or die. She takes me wherever we need to go. And um, I have a keen awareness when I feel something different in my car. And part of this has been, is, is established by my, my father. My father owned a, <clears throat> a garage in Syracuse, New York. And uh, I don't know if he thought it was funny or whatever, but when you know, I remember my first car, it was a Dodge, it was an 84 Dodge Caravan that had a Hyundai engine in it. <laughs> and it looked like it had like, it looked like it had like flakes on it or like a, like a bowling ball color to it. But the, what would really happen, they had painted it and they pushed it outside and it rained. So it, it, when, when the light hit it, it, it glistened as if they had like this special flake paint on it. <clears throat> but, but my father was, was, he was bent on making sure that he did not give me a car that didn't have issues. I felt that way. Because I had my, I had my, my, my 1984 Dodge Caravan, I had it for one week. And I remember driving and the thing falls, like falls all the way apart. Something fell from up under it and I couldn't move. And it was the worst thing in the world. So, so now because I've had so many bad cars, that now that I have a, a good car, I'm always listening for little changes and subtle changes. So for me, I develop a relationship with the car and I, I, I feel what it feels. Well, 
So I was driving my car. I've had a car for five years, and I felt it riding different. And I, and I, I, I rode it, you know, and it was, the, the, the feeling was more profound when it, at slower speeds. But when I got on the highway, I didn't feel it. So I tell Tina, my wife, I say, babe, something's going on in my car. I said, something's not right with my car. I believe that there's something wrong with one of my tires. <clears throat> she says, you sure about it? I was like, I feel something. So um, I said, well, can you do me a favor? Because we were super tired. I said, babe, can you take it to the tire shop and tell them I need a new tire? Now, I'm no mechanic, but I know what I feel. I said, babe, can you take my car to the, to the, to the, to the tire shop and tell them I need a new tire? <clears throat> so she goes to the tire shop. And um, she has a conversation with the guy. And basically, they were too busy to, to take my car in that day. I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. And um, she says, well, I hear you. You can't get to me until Monday. But will I be okay driving this car? And then the guy comes out, and he looks at the car. And he does his, I don't know, two-point inspection of the car. <laughs> and he says, yeah, ma'am, nothing's wrong with the tire. You're not going to have a blowout. Everything is fine. You can drive the car. So then um, she, she calls me and says, babe, they can't get to it. I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to park the car over the weekend. We're going to have to do some different things. I said, babe, I know something's wrong with that tire. So the guy told her, well, it might be an alignment thing or something along those lines. I'm like, whatever. So I'm not going to tell you what I said, but it was whatever. Um, so, so we wait until Monday. She goes and takes the car um, to the same shop, and she gets there, and she sends me this picture. Somebody said, ill. <laughs> the inner wall of my tire had come out, and the wires were exposed. That is the number one culprit for a blowout. Now, listen to me. So I texted her back. I said, I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> but listen to me, y'all. What if I ignored what I felt? Seriously, what if I would have ignored something that I knew was different? I felt this thing, and I just ignored it. I just kept driving the car. Yeah, babe, you can drive the car. So my mind goes to all of the collateral damage that, have, that could have been experienced if I would have ignored what I felt. It could have just been me. It could have been me and my wife. It could have been me and my, me and my kids. I could have been with my in-laws, and we could have all been in the car together, and it could have been all of us. Or it could have been just me, and I would have impacted somebody else's family. What could have happened if I would have ignored what I felt? Here's where I'm going with this, y'all. Oftentimes, we don't allow ourselves to feel what we feel, and we ignore it, but you don't understand the collateral damage that is happening I said to myself, God, thank you. Be, be, listen to me, because I told you a couple weeks ago that God has given us this tool of emotions to let us know when something has changed inside of us that we need to pay attention to. You think oftentimes I'm emotional because of you. No, you're emotional because of what's happening down on the inside of you. And God gave you emotions so that you could pay attention to what's happening in you. It's not them. It's you. 
So I have four points. But I'm only going to give you one. Because you got to come back next week to get the rest of the sermon. Let's get the one point. Y'all learning something? <clears throat> Let's go back to 41, 45 and 1. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. <clears throat> and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. I got it because I'm, this is the way my head works about scripture. I got to share this thing with you. Because Joseph, this has nothing to do with my sermon, but I, I believe it will bless you. Because Joseph... <clears throat> had been um, in the Egyptian culture for so long, he seemed as one of them to his brothers. So when they saw him, they didn't know it was Joseph. It was just the number two guy in charge. Now, I got to remind you that Joseph at the time was the number two man in all of Egypt, and Egypt was a world power. So it meant that Joseph, their brother, who they could not recognize, was the second most powerful man in the world. So they could have not even began to be able to, 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 to connect the dots to say, that is my brother Joseph. The text says that Joseph put everyone out and he revealed himself to his brothers. When you dive into this text just a little bit, you would have had to understand that Joseph would have had to show them his circumcision in order for them to believe that he was Joseph. Watch me, y'all. He would have had to get very vulnerable for them to believe that it was him. And check me out. When, when, when you spend all of your life ignoring your emotions and restraining yourself, there are some proving that you have to do when you finally reveal yourself to people. There's a certain level of vulnerability a person is expecting from you because I've never seen this from you before. Listen, on, listen on, on first meet in 22 years, he has to go deep. Oh. He had to dig into the well of who he was and expose himself in a way that he had never had to before because he had hid himself from what he felt 17 years ago. Listen, then the, the, the people, he put everybody out and they heard him. They heard, they, they, they heard him just wailing and letting himself go. And they stood outside the room and said, what's going on in there? I've never heard Joseph cry. But they didn't know that Joseph had been holding himself back all these years. And he was going to a place that he had not allowed himself to go. So, oh, y'all, I want you to have it so bad. Then he has to be all dramatic. Now you got to go real. And everybody's, is, is, the text says that his brothers was, were dismayed. They were perplexed. What is he doing? Why is he doing that? Listen to me, y'all. There are people in your life that are trying to figure you out right now. What's wrong with them? Why all of the emotion? Because Joseph had been holding this stuff bent up in himself for 22 years. And now, it lets itself go. Okay. 
I got to get my one point. I told myself this sermon was going to be short today. Y'all messing with me. Okay. Let's read. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of the Pharaoh heard it. Point number one, our only point for today, (laughs) one point of a four-point sermon, is the phrase emotional distractions. Say that with me, emotional distractions. Now, I think I gave you my definition of what I'm saying here. It is anything we do intentionally or unintentionally that keeps us from dealing honestly with our feelings and emotions. Read that again because I have honestly here. Anything we do intentionally or unintentionally that keeps us from honestly dealing with our feelings or emotions. It was by God's hand that Joseph prospered in every season of his life. From the moment he was put out of that pit and thrown on a wagon headed to Egypt, God's hand was upon Joseph, and it caused him to succeed at everything that he did. In Potiphar's house, he was sold in as a slave, uh, but he quickly rose to a position of prominence, and he was second in command in Potiphar's house, and he was given the authority to do whatever he would with everything in the house. Now, that was a beautiful thing until Miss Potiphar thought that meant her. And because of his, his denial of Miss Potiphar, or Mrs. Potiphar, he, he, he was thrown into a prison. And even in prison, God's hand stayed upon Joseph, and he was, he was promoted to basically the warden of the prison. And then after he was, he was delivered out of the prison through, through a gift that God had given him, now he's second in command in all of Egypt. And I know this was not intentional for Joseph. But Joseph's success served as an emotional distraction that kept him busy for 22 years. Watch me now. He he was able to, to, to drown out what he felt by staying busy with noise outside of him. He was, it wasn't, no, here's the thing, it wasn't Joseph's fault. He, was, he just, he, he got busy. He didn't have time to deal with it all. And he just kept moving and moving and moving and moving. And finally, at the height of his career, at the pinnacle of his life, he now has to let it all go and allow himself to feel what he felt when he was 17. Because he had been distracted all that time. I'm not responding as good as I'm preaching. <laughs> you guys familiar with um, white, white noise, specifically white noise machines? Anybody have a white noise machine? <clears throat> no, no white noise machines? But you know what a white noise machine is. Basically a sound machine that has an array of sounds in it that you use at night to sleep, to help you sleep. Uh, and, and basically the premise of a, 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 a white noise machine is for you to drown out sounds that you don't want to hear. 
I was thinking last night as I was trying to go to sleep, specifically to where our bed is positioned, our room is positioned, our room is right next to both of the AC units. And we can hear those mugs kicking on all night long. It's just, it's just a thing. Now, if you're not used to a, a white noise machine, you know, if you don't have one, um, you may not have a white noise machine, but you have something that you use to help you sleep. For a lot of people, they need to sleep with the TV on. Raise your hand if you got to sleep with the TV on or some music on. There's a lot of people that have to do something to help drown out the ambient noise that they're trying to rest in. I remember when I, when I got to college, it was the first time I ever experienced this. My, my roommate, who was my, my son, my, both my kids, um, godfather, um, I get to college and I had never experienced this. I had, you know, first couple nights I was there by myself because he was off in a way. And then he comes back and he was just a weird guy, um, <clears throat> I thought at the time. And um, he, you know, we, we say what's up, you know, we, we, we exchange, you know, all of the, the party chatter, and um, we get in the bed and go to sleep. And I'm trying to go to sleep, and he turns the TV on. So I said to myself, well, he must be up watching TV. And I look over, and he's knocked out. So I said to myself, the first time, that might have been a coincidence, you know, he just fell asleep. But he did it every night for a full week, and I'm saying to him, I don't know if I can do this. Because to be quite honest with you, I don't need anything to go to sleep. I will fall asleep in the conversation with you. No, I could be talking to you, and I will fall asleep. Just I, will, I don't need anything to, to drown out the noise. <laughs> now, you may not be able to relate to the, to, to, to the white noise machine and the usage of it. Um, but I believe that all of us use some sort of white noise mechanism to drown out the feelings that we don't want to feel. I believe we all do something. We have a something that we resort to that we try to use to mask the feelings that we don't want to deal with. Whether it is, um, whether it is Netflix... Maybe, I know for the millennials, it's social media. For, for, for me, I got to go see a good movie. For, 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 for some, um, they need to go shopping to, 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 to suppress the feelings that they don't want to deal with. They need something that will distract them from having to deal with the emotions that are down on the inside of them. And all of us have something that, and this is where I want you to go today, all of us have something that we do, we have a go-to that we go to when we don't want to deal with the emotion. What's your go-to? What, what, what is it that you use to distract yourself? Is it you going to get another degree? Is it, is, it, is it you stuffing your head into your work? For a mother, is it, is it you just being all about the kids? What is your thing? What, where do you go when you don't want to deal with the emotions that are trying to tell you something about yourself? Because all of us have one. For 22 years, he was distracted so that he did not have to deal with the emotions that he didn't, didn't know what to, he didn't know what to do with them. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to work, man. Me and my father law talk about this all the time, man. It's something about a man. When he got something on his mind, watch him. If he start working, 
I'm talking like working around the house and just cleaning and doing and this and that. He got something on his mind that he don't want to think about. What is your go-to? Because all of us have one. Now, the challenge is, is that it'll work for a while. It'll, it'll, keep, it'll, 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 it'll help you stay distracted for a while. But at some point, when the noise is turned down on the noise that you turned up, you're going to have to deal with these strange feelings that you're not accustomed to. And the problem, watch me now, the problem is, is that it happens for, you know, you can get through it in your 20s, you, can, you might be able to fake it in your 30s, but when you get to your 40s, your 50s, and your 60s, where did that come from? Why do I feel that way? What emotion is that? Because listen to me, y'all, you've been so distracted with the kids. You've been so distracted with the husband. You've been so distracted with your career. You've been so distracted with church. You've been so distracted doing all of these things that you now emotionally can't even figure out why you feel how you feel. So what happens is, you know, the world calls it a midlife crisis. But check this out. When the noise got turned down, I found out there was a stranger inside of me. And I don't know what to do with it. So, so what happens is you've been married 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, we, we just fell out of love. Because I never dealt with the emotions that I've been masking and suppressing. And now they've caught up with me. And now it scares me. I don't know what to do with these feelings I got. You know, I, 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 heard, I heard my parents, and, and, and I know they try to teach me and, and, and all this stuff, but I'm, I'm 45 now. I'm 50 now, and I don't know what to do. So now there has to be this drastic life change <laughs> that nobody understands. They're going to Texas. What, why are they going to Texas? What are they going to Texas for? Can I, because he felt some kind of way when he was 25 when he married you. And now he's doing anything he can to get away from you. And it's not your fault. Oh, gosh, y'all. I'm, listen to me, y'all. This is the only point I'm going to give you today. But I'm just letting you know where we're going. Emotional distractions at some point will die away. At some point, the kids will go off to have their own life. At some point, oh gosh, this is the one that blows me away. When, when, when we try to distract ourselves with working out. We just get busy working out. We working out. We doing it. We, get, we getting it done. But at some point, you won't be able to work out. And you're going to have to deal with who you are. Okay. I know I'm, I, listen. Okay, so listen, I'm going to close this thing out. Watch it. Let's go to Genesis 4 and 6. I told y'all, and this is the NLT version. I know it's a lot of scripture. Please forgive me. It's okay. I won't do it next week. (laughs) I want you to get this. Genesis 4 and 6, NLT. 4, 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, Kennedy. Okay. 
She's my daughter. I'm just saying that because people listen to this on the podcast, and I want them to think I'm a rude pastor. <laughs> Genesis 4, 6, NLT, y'all there? <clears throat> okay, watch this. Verse 6 says, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Why, you will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Do y'all know that that, that is like God? <laughs> That's like the cosmos God. Asking a questions about emotions. Does that not blow you away? That in all that he had to do in keeping the universe together and making sure all the ecosystems are working, he has a moment to stop and say, Cain, bro, you feel some kind of way. And, and Cain, Cain ignores him, right? But, but listen to what he says. He says, listen, if you ignore how you feel, Satan is going to use it against you and mess it all up. Mm. He says, listen, if you don't pay attention to what you're feeling, you can ignore it all you want. But at some point, Satan is going to use that thing against you, that emotion, that anger, that, you know, that, 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 that hurt, that pain, whatever it is, that emotion, he is going to use it against you and you're going to mess it all up. I've seen men destroy their families. Because they ignored their anger. You see, the outburst that you saw was just a byproduct of what happened a long time ago. Oh, he was mad five years ago. But he suppressed it. He ignored it. And then he had a blowout on the highway. He didn't mean to blow out. He didn't mean to mess it up. But he ignored it. He ignored what he felt, and he didn't do anything about it. God says to Cain at the beginning of, of, of humanity, he says, listen, I'm trying to tell you something for all humanity. You need to pay attention to how you feel because it is trying to tell you something about you. Why is your face downcast? What's wrong with you? He says, Cain, bro, he says, bro, you better pay attention to that. I'm telling you it's a thing. I'm telling you, dude, it's a problem. So Cain goes and kills his brother. Messes it all up. I don't know why I'm doing that. Messes it all up. <laughs> Listen to me, y'all. We got three little points that we want to share next week that I think will help us and, 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 and believe me, I think Portia even said it's like, I'm talking to myself. That's why I love our church. Because the preacher ain't beyond the word. Meaning oftentimes I'm in my office and he's slaying me. <laughs> before I can give it to you. He, he says, listen to me, y'all. Oh, it cracks me up. This is so good, I'm going to let you go. God is talking to Jonah. You know, Jonah in a whale. Jonah's sitting there, and he, he wants the Nineveh to, to burn. He wants Nineveh to go down. So God says, you angry? Are you sure that's the right emotion for this? 
Because God was like, yo, I feel compassion right now because I'm about to let them off the hook, but you're angry? Listen to me. God is checking emotions in Scripture. What makes you think you can't check yours? Listen to me. I want to help us avoid messing it up. I, tell my, I used to tell my kids, specifically Jordan, because he's a lot like me. I said, sir, you don't understand that your father used to tear the club up. I will mess it all up in a heartbeat. I get it honest because I saw my father mess it up. Listen to me, y'all. But somewhere along the way, God says, Wanzel, don't let that, don't let that thing be a boss of you. Pay attention to it. It's trying to tell you something. Do you feel that way because of your insecurity? Is that what it is, Wanzo? It's trying to tell you something about you. Your emotions are trying to tell you something about you. Do you feel that way, Wanzo, because you're disappointed? What is it? He's trying to, listen, your emotions, that, that, that rage you feel, that feeling you have, it is trying to tell you something about you, but you cannot ignore it. Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.